2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Davis Matic. our Friday afternoon betting show. No Rich Rebar, no Lord Reeves from Sharp Football this week. His uh his kids are sick. It's a mess at uh, at the rebar household. So we are subbing in Dalton Cates from the Stealing Lines sub stack. I am a, a loyal uh Stealing Signals subscriber. Can't uh, can't miss it. I think these guys pushed an official play on Geno Smith. 300 to one uh, for, for MVP last week, uh, you know, chasing that that closing line value. Dalton man, how you doing, bud?
1: Doing good, man. Happy to be on here. Um, it's crazy. There's a lot of pressure now. I'm uh subbing in for big rich. So uh so I'm just trying to keep expectations uh in check right now. And hopefully, hopefully, uh, I can do a nice little substitute action here like, you Smith did with, uh, Russell Wilson.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it would be hard for there to be a bigger discrepancy between two, two substitutes than, than Gino and, and Russ, but we'll see, <laughs> what uh what we can do uh, no, and
1: i never compared rich to russell wilson in denver just russell wilson in seattle which just is just
2: russell wilson in seattle yeah and it'll uh it'll work out because mostly i'm just uh i'm firing takes we had an all-time example last week of rich getting me on the Bengals. i kind of wanted to take the saints and then he pointed out to me that joe burrow and jamar chase would be returning to the stadium where they won the college football playoff in so you gotta if you i i'm probably not gonna listen to any of the dvoa yards per play stuff you gotta sell me with a good uh old-fashioned narrative narrative. stuff. all right yes okay. yeah um all right so we're gonna go we go from from five to one i'll let you go first so from your your fifth strongest fifth favorite against the spread is hoomst this week.
1: Uh, I got Baltimore minus six and a half against the Browns. This is,
2: this is also my five.
1: Okay, okay. So <laughs> I don't have to sell any narratives here, man. We're, uh, no we're no narratives. My biggest thing is I think uh, Bateman coming back is big. Uh, they've averaged 7.7 7 yards per attempt with Bateman, 6.0 without Bateman this year. Um, Baltimore is just a better team. I think. I think if there's one scenario in which the browns do go ahead and beat them in it's, it's in the rushing game like the ravens have not been that good against the russians <laughs> i mean the uh leading rusher in the league right now is nick chad and cream hunt is also doing well they're fourth in DVOA in rushing right now so i think that's the one biggest mismatch but every other part of the game it looks like the ravens attack them in getting six and a half um is nice because you're not laying that seven right there which is a big number um that's, that's my biggest, uh, that's my lean right there at the Baltimore right there. I think I think Bateman in this passing attack is going to have uh, some fun this week, whereas I feel like uh, uh, they're going to be forced to do it and Lamar running a little bit extra when Bateman has been in the lineup too. So overall, it's just a better quarterback when all things are considered.
2: My, my data take on this game would be that uh, the Browns' run defense is actually egregious. Um, like they're 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 like 31st in DVOA against the run They're I think they're missing three starters on the defensive line this week uh, so so you have a bad run defense you're subbing in backups there so one Baltimore wants to play an inefficient style anyways they they want to run more than an efficient team should and I expect them to be pretty successful when passing and I also think the Browns are a little overvalued on the market anyways because of some of the early season success kind of being baked into their yards per play like my prior on Jacoby Brissett is that he's like 5.8 adjusted yards per attempt over his career and he's playing more like a 6.5 guy and I would like and also if you want to beat the Ravens like you got to throw on them because their secondary is horrendous you got to throw deep and it's like well I mean how does how does this bet lose well I mean like I guess 120 yard Amari Cooper game, Donovan with Peoples Jones, like 11 targets all deep down the field. But by and large, you just think like it's Lamar is going to get it done. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, I come on, make- he's not losing to Jacoby Brissett, bro. Uh,
1: I think so. This might be my narrative take on this. Um, was it last year that the Ravens were playing the Browns when Lamar had his big old poop game? Was it the Browns? Oh, was that? Was, the, was that was, it? Was, I don't it was know if he's playing the Browns. I, don't know I, if I
2: think I think it was I think it was a Monday Night Football game where he limped yeah. off and Trace McSorley came in. It was it was definitely a Browns game, hundred uh, percent. Okay. So,
1: yeah, I mean, so the narrative here is that he might not have to go to the bathroom this game, so you don't have to worry about a backup quarterback going in.
2: i I think the the better narrative is just that the ravens got to take a long hard look in the mirror because they just lost to the fucking giants and you can't i don't think you can look i don't think you can look at yourself in the mirror if you lose uh on a fourth quarter interception against the uh against the giants all right so that was both of our number fives knock that out what is your number four
1: all right, this one is a uh, kind of gross, but I'm going Broncos plus one. I just I, <laughs> absolutely, just...
2: absolutely unbettable. Not, not a chance, not a chance. This one can make it on my list. I get it, but just cover like, the I...
1: spread last week somehow against the Chargers, which I thought was impressive. Um, the thing is, okay, first off, they're home and their defense is like really good. They're their top top three unit right now um, in defense, and dude, I just. I, I think the Jets are so fluky, man. I don't know what's going on over there with Elijah Moore. I think Elijah Moore actually being out of that lineup, potentially when active, like actually hurts a lot because He's, we He, is, search- gonna, he
2: is gonna be inactive. They're gonna they're gonna play. They're, gonna play. they're gonna play there. The issue though is no one wants to admit it. I mean, Braxton Barrios is a confident NFL wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. No one, no one wants to have their name on that take, but but he is.
1: There we go. Davis Maddock, stamp of approval right there. Um we uh so my my biggest concern is Certain has proven this year that he is an absolute lockdown cornerback and he's gone against some really really good wide receivers and basically just locked all them down. Um and you know if Garrett Wilson is probably the Jets wide receiver one I know they're going they can utilize him in the slot a little bit to get him away from coverage for, from from Certain but for the most part, like without Elijah, there like Elijah would have been taking that coverage away, and you could have had some good matchups with Wilson and Davis. um There, I mean, it's basically going to be like, it, how good is Brees Hall? And can Brees Hall like single handedly take on this Broncos? Attack? I,
2: I I think it's more about just can Zach Wilson be as good as Joe Flacco? Like I think <laughs> it's more about Wilson's ability to game manage than anything else.
1: Yeah, but I don't think Zach Wilson is good, and I I'd rather take a top three. Defensive unit against Zach Wilson, plus money at home. I know it's so gross to to bet on the Broncos, but um, I don't know. I mean, even if we get like Brett, I don't know if Brett and somehow makes his way in there, it might be better for the Broncos. Who knows? But I think I think there's a lot of scenarios in which um the Broncos defense just does enough to get good field position, um uh, potentially create some turnovers in which
2: the they can win this game. So this is the issue. Uh again, on like one even like looking at the data, like the first 2 weeks of the season there was like a good argument for the Broncos, like the yards per play was fine, they were just like really struggling in the red zone, but like the last month all that stuff's gone away and now they're like a really bad team in yards per play on offense. And I I mean, certainly I would not bet the Jets in this spot. The issue with betting on the Broncos is like and I think this is um a blind spot for uh, you know, young dudes like us who love, who love the, who love the numbers. I mean, these, these Broncos dudes like don't even want to play. I mean, that, that seems to be like an issue is like the, the, the team, like we, we got like the vet, like team captains mad at the coach because they bench Melvin Gordon without talking to him. And then, you know, Hackett saying, okay, Melvin Gordon's going to start, but Boone's going to play. And Latavius is going to play. It just feels like betting into a chaotic scenario, but if none of that stuff matters, like if, if the guys just go out, and they do their best or whatever. I mean, the Broncos on a neutral field before the season, what would this what was the look ahead line on this game? I mean, do, do, I have no do Denver, idea, but my
1: my guess would be like seven and a
2: half. Seven, seven, seven and a half. Yeah. So you're and and it's like, yeah, the Broncos are horrible, but at least the defense isn't getting skinned. Like there's a difference between being a bad team on offense that just needs a couple good, like one KJ Hamler fluky deep ball touchdown. And it mm. feels like feels like a 10-point deficit for the jets is like completely insurmountable like they just they could not get out of that in any scenario especially without elijah moore because elijah moore is still i mean like he's still better than Corey davis who actually bailed them out against the packers right. that's that's actually why they won was they got like a 60 yard fluke bomb to cory davis um so this one this one is not on my list uh my number four is the kansas city chiefs minus two points against the san francisco 49ers obviously i think at two it just like doesn't matter you're just predicting who wins the game i don't love that this is like the. i mean it's the squ- it's the squarest bet you can make is kansas city uh in this spot it's like you know the the FanDuel Sportsbook is gonna tweet out on sunday morning 77 percent of <laughs> tickets are on the kansas city chiefs but th- i mean the the 49ers have the same problem they have always had which is down 10 points they are completely dead they they most kyle shanahan jimmy garoppolo era 49ers thing of all time they're down 21 points to the falcons last week and in the fourth third and fourth quarter they generate a 14 play 80 yard touchdown drive where it's like yeah if you're up 10 points that's the nuts if you're down like you're you, you you're just costing yourself win expectancy with that drive And the 49ers also have a rash of defensive injuries like i think they're missing one corner one safety And I think Bosa is hurt too. That I might, I might be making that up, but I think he, I think he might. I don't know if he's going to
1: play. I think maybe questionable for the game, but that's definitely like, there's so many injuries on that team right now.
2: That, that dude, that dude is worth like at least half a point. I think he's really, he's really, especially against Kansas city who, uh, Mahomes is a magician at not getting sacked, but the issue is playing with these horrible wide receivers is that uh, a lot of those magic plays he used to do that would turn into ADR touchdowns to Tyreek turn into like Marquez Valdez scantling drops, like that, the, the, the Marquez Valdez scantling touchdown, that got intercepted by Khalir Elam, like old, old Mahomes and old Tyreek are like turning that play into a touchdown, like 80% of the time. And instead it was a turnover. So I'm not, I'm not going crazy on this one. Obviously I think the chiefs are a little bit better than the market does right now. Like, uh, ben Baldwin does those charts looking at futures lines to see like a hierarchy of teams and the look at lines kind of have the Chiefs as like kind of the third best team fourth best team. I think they're a little bit better than that. And uh, I mean, I really hope they trade for a wide receiver. But yeah, I I, I do think this is a good spot for Kansas City
1: yeah uh casey needs to get on the line with elijah moore
2: right now and get him over there o- that- odell odell i mean elijah moore elijah moore would give them certainty for the future but i i would take odell
1: i think odell i think odell's gonna end up signing there actually bet them a couple days ago to head over there um my 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 number three is uh is Casey as well. Minus two. And I actually think I actually think there might be more people on the Niners than we think. And that's the whole Christian McCaffrey thing coming back. Like we know he's probably not gonna play much, but anytime you see a trade, like just naturally you're gonna assume that oh Christian McCaffrey's gonna bring this immediate, like, you know, next level type of you know McCaffrey
2: doesn't solve their problem, which is their quarterback. I mean, at the end of the day, the 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 forty nineers problem is that they have a c plus quarterback when they could be super bowl favorites with like i think if kurt cousins was on the 49ers i legit think they could win the super bowl
1: 100%. i mean it's yeah i mean their defense is is elite and you've got weapons that i mean if you look at their entire offensive roster outside of the quarterback i mean you can make an easy argument they're top 5 offense in the league and I mean, you got basically all the scenarios there in order to every single week be in games and whatnot. But I mean, I think Kansas. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, when you look at teams, the most position is quarterback, the biggest position is quarterback, and you got Patrick Mahomes versus Jimmy Garoppolo in this game, and I think that's the deciding factor right now. Is is you have that massive disadvantage um, that the Niners are unlikely to overcome, and I mean, I, I it's hard. It's hard for me especially. Chiefs coming off of a loss to see them lose tuner, especially because Mahomes are playing great with some ancillary guys this year. Um, Niners are banged up on defense. I think I think the Chiefs are are a nice play this week.
2: Yeah, I think, I think uh look, let's do the McCaffrey fantasy talk too here. I was gonna yeah. do this, I was gonna do this with Rich. This is my take. It's like obviously it's good for McCaffrey, like to not be on the worst team in football. You are probably gonna need a trade-off with efficiency for volume like i don't think he's going to be getting 10 targets a game in this offense i think he'd get like five which is cool. fine if you're trading if if christian McCaffrey scores 10 more touchdowns the rest of the way that is a, a great trade-off for the volume that he would have been getting in carolina and and like like also like in a weird way he also has like contingent value too like if debo were to get injured if iuk were to get injured i think he obviously would would get more i think the biggest loser is debo i i i bet debo will not get i I would set the line at like one and a half rushing touchdowns rest of the way for debo whereas like you could have told yourself a story where debo scored like every red zone rushing touchdown for this team the rest of the season because they haven't used jeff wilson there at all time remains to see what they would i guess we'll never know what they would have done with elijah mitchell but it feels bad for Debo in particular
1: oh 100 it seems like their skill sets overlap a little bit like I was joking on Twitter yesterday like I put out their offensive roster and I put Debo running back and Christian McCaffrey at wide receiver and it's like when you look at the way they utilize Debo Samuel um it seems like Christian McCaffrey is going to have a lot of those similar type of plays and my biggest concern with McCaffrey right now is like you mentioned I'm not sure that targets are necessarily going to be necessarily going to be there like you know, Shanahan runs his running backs like you know 15, 20 times a game on in on the ground, and there should be a lot more scoring opportunities for McCaffrey, which is obviously a plus. Um, and if they are I, I'm sure they're gonna scheme a lot for McCaffrey in the receiving game as well. Um, the question is now how much do guys like Kittle and Ayuk and Debo get involved in how much I mean I Kittle can... Kittle's
2: dead anyway. Rest rest I, in peace, I, I rest in peace always... to a real one. <laughs>
1: The funny thing about Kittle is he's so good, but like for the most part, he's going to have really bad games, but then he just reels you in. He'll have one game randomly. we will have like thirty yards and you're like, that's the Kittle I know. And then in my mind, I'm always, I'm always a big Kittle guy, but you're right. Like it's, it's, that's probably going to hurt Kittle a little bit as well too. Um, I'm not sure. I think Ayuk's probably the one that's not going to get affected too much by
2: this i iuk is i mean all these guys it's the the 49ers offense is really low volume anyway so all these guys are pretty touchdown dependent and now you're like you're sweating like four guys to be touchdown dependent it's pretty it's i mean unless unless they end up changing their offense a little i mean they did throw a bunch of times um last week because they were down they're gonna throw a bunch this week they they do play at the rams which i guess they probably just win that game running the ball, but then after the bye, they have Chargers, Cardinals, Saints, Dolphins. So maybe the volume actually will be okay because those yeah. are those will at least be competitive games. I do I do have
1: faith that Shanahan will utilize McCaffrey in a more ideal role than he's used running backs in the past. Like I, I don't think you're making this trade to not understand McCaffrey's full skill set and like, hey, let's take away some rushing here if we can get you know, a three yard dump off and just, I mean, it's the same, it's the same thing, right? It's a little more efficient for you to dump off and throw the ball a little bit. Like,
0: I mean, it, it,
1: I mean, a logic best the way I'm, I'm thinking it through, I mean, I don't know if it's actually going to happen, but I like to think that this is an absolute smash for McCaffrey and that, that every, every aspect of his game can, can be
2: elevated. Yeah. yeah. I th- I mean, Oh, I guess that's the other thing is like 18 rushing attempts per game for McCaffrey, probably pretty good. Right. Yeah, like, like that. The- like he'll probably run for like eighty-five yards a game on average with oh, yeah. with with the way oh, Shannon right. Dow stuff up. So it it's I mean, clearly it's a win. And yeah. I do think CMC at one drafters who did this all offseason. Like I'm waking up with the bags feeling better than yeah. than I did when I when I went to sleep. But I'm such an old man. I went to sleep and I woke up and I saw that Chuba Hubbard went for thirty dollars of fab in my home league. And I was like, what the hell did <laughs> I miss? Like, and then I I checked my email. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so that was my number four, your number three. So we're to my number three, which is the Tennessee Titans minus two and a half points at home to the Colts. Uh, the Colts, two of the most anomalous performances of the season. The home win against the Kansas City Chiefs and the 58 passing attempt game from Matt Ryan last week with Jonathan Taylor out. So I just think like one, I'm just throwing that chiefs game entirely out. That's pretty baked in to their results uh, to, to the way the market is perceiving them. Like, Oh, you beat the chiefs at home because pretty good team. Like the chiefs gave up like 19 expected points on special teams in that game. And, Also, I think they're getting Jonathan Taylor back this week. They're going to go back to playing bad. They're going to go back to running the ball every first down. It's going to be second and eight. Matt Ryan with the noodle arm. And they play this really inefficient style of, like, Michael Pittman only runs short routes, and they, they just throw these long balls to Alec Pierce. He's the only guy on the team who has an average depth of target over 10. And the Titans do are not a good team either. Like they kind of stink, but at least they have a better idea of who they are. Uh, That's a big, a big narrative thing. They play the same style every week. They're not, they're not. I mean, they'll do different things with like play calling and personnel, but they're not just showing up every week, being like, okay, this week Ryan Tannehill is going to throw sixty times. And I also, I actually do kind of like betting on the Titans because they don't give up leads once they get them. Like my biggest play of the year was the. when they played at the washington commanders like they just don't lose to teams like that and i honestly view the colts as very similar just like a pretty like a c-plus talented team but with a quarterback that has a really wide range of negative outcomes i want i want the titans in that spot
1: yeah i think that's fair when i saw that game my first reactions like i don't want to bet either of these teams but i think i think you made a good argument for the titans there and the Colts are just like, you you don't know what to expect. And they
2: could the- do anything on any yeah. given week. Exactly.
1: And I think that's i think that's the toughest part to gauge with that is like, okay, is Jonathan Taylor going to come back? But last time he ran against the Titans, like they completely shut down Jonathan Taylor. And he also got hurt in that game. Is he going to be fully healthy?
2: I don't know. Um,
1: so yeah, I think I think that's a fair.
2: fair I, I'm never rushing to get it in on the Titans. Uh, the one thing <laughs> is that I really, I really do hope the Titans get a playoff game though. Because that'll be a generational wealth spot betting against Mike Vrabel against one of these elite AFC teams. And I guess it would be a home game for them too. So they would they would even be maybe even giving points to to one of these teams. So that is um that is a spot I'm I'm definitely looking forward to. So that's my that's my three. So what is your two?
1: My number two, I got the Steelers plus seven and a half against Miami Sunday night. Um
2: Man, dude, Kenny Pickett. We got to talk about Kenny Pickett. Oh, my like. God. I I am so sick of talking about Kenny Pickett. I've been <laughs> arguing about Kenny Pickett with Liam for, like, three weeks now. So the funny thing
1: is I've been arguing against – so th- this is the first time I've been pro-Kenny Pickett. This year is uh, Gretch obviously, massive Pickett fan. Yeah, loves Pickett. My roommate is, like, I'm also massive Kenny Pickett. So I each have a main with Gretch and I'm a main with him. And this is just all the time. We need Kenny Pickett. I'm like, dude, his schedule – fucking sucks This like it's it, yes. right off of that, it's it sucks but this is the one spot in which like he has a legitimate opportunity to do well and, and he performed better than i thought um against the bills and then he came out last week and had a nice little drive at the beginning before getting hurt it looks like he's gonna play this week the thing is he has weapons right so we saw claypool finally do something like the first like big game since I don't know was rookie year or whatever the heck it was. But he has Claypool, he has Deontay Johnson, he has George Pickens. Um and Najee Harris just sucks, man. Like, like, like and the thing is the mic Miami- Oh, he's so bad, dude. Najee so Harris.
2: Najee Harris so bad.
1: Dude, I'm pretty sure like for every single, this is an exaggeration, but every single, every single touch that uh, Najee Harris gets, I swear they lose like a point on the spread. Like it's ridiculous. Like just the Miami defense is the seventh best rush DD VOA team. They're thirty first in pasty Pittsburgh. Has the fifth highest pass over pass rate over expected when pickets started in week five, and Miami ha, Miami's teams they're going against so the third highest pass over or second highest pass rate over expected. They've given with the three third least amount of pressure on defense. So like for rookie quarterbacks, we want to see them like that's the thing that usually hurts them and they don't know when they're adjusting to the NFL and the speed is when they're getting pressured, like the thought process and the way they're schemed up. Like they, they need a simplistic way to get adjusted to the NFL. And this is the perfect spot where he's going to have time to sit there, has three guys who can do different things within the offense. Deontay Johnson can get open basically at will. Um, and he has Pickens making plays for him. Claypool's there. seven and seven and a half point dogs. Um, it, Like it's, it's just a perfect situation where I think, you know, Pickett can, you know, make things happen and Najee Harris just sucks. And this, the strength of the Miami defense is run D. Like, like they, they should give the ball to Najee Harris maybe like four times just out of respect for that and then give Jalen Warren maybe some more carries. But it should be just like put the ball and pick in Pickett's hand, make it happen this game. Um, and if they do that, like, I don't see why they can't somewhat, you know, keep pace with this Dolphins team um, in a Sunday night game.
2: Well, you're putting a lot on picket because like the it's, it's actually, I would not have projected this, but the dolphins offense is like a lot worse without Tua in yeah. like you would, you would kind of think, Oh, they got, they got waddle. They got Tyreek, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, what is Tua really doing? You know, Tua is just, Tua is Jimmy Ging it up or whatever kind of, but like they were, a, I mean, they were a lot worse with Skylar Thompson and then like meaningfully worse with Bridgewater. They're getting Tua back this week. The the one thing that would make me want to bet on the Steelers would be thinking if Waddle doesn't play. Because if Waddle doesn't play, then we're talking about like Trent Shurfield and Cedric Wilson having to play like prominent parts in this offense. I would not expect that to go pretty well. I, I would say like Waddle in and of himself is probably not worth like two points to a spread. But the difference from going from Waddle and Tyreek to just Tyreek is... Like at least to get it through the hook, right? Because right now it's seven and a half at at most spots, and I would say I would definitely take Pittsburgh if I knew Waddle wasn't playing at seven and a half. I w- I would think it would move to six and a half, and I think Waddle. I think Waddle didn't practice Wednesday, and limited on Thursday. I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know what he did today. But that's um that's a pretty interesting spot. So wait, uh, that was your two. Uh, my number two is. Let's see. I got to look at my list. Oh, uh, my number two is the, Wait, no, I just did my number two. The Titans. The Titans were my number two,
1: right? No, that no, that no, thing is your three. I think okay. I've
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I sorry. I pull, got my list pulled back up here. Uh, the Chargers minus five points. I mean, looks like Keenan Allen's gonna play. I do actually think this is the kindest thing I've ever said about Keenan Allen on a show before. I actually do think that his specific role in this offense is really important because Herbert's natural inclination is to just try and get a billion points on every play. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, uh, these guys in baseball who try to hit the eight run home run or whatever. And like, that's always what Herbert's trying to do. And having Deandre Carter and Michael Bandy and these guys out there run, just these total, no one's running routes. So like, he's just trying to push it to Mike Williams who last week was covered by Patrick Sertan or Josh Palmer, who is like the most overrated. Like the fantasy community fell so in love with this guy, and he just is not very good. Um, and also it's like, I know, look, well, I know we all love this Gino storyline and everything, but the Seahawks defense is horrible. Yeah. They're still, I believe they're still last. They might after last week, they might be a little bit better, but they were last in the NFL in yards per play. You know, Kenneth Walker, what I mean, he is actually pretty good, but like I just, I just am. I would be more on the side of, like, trying to short uh, Gino being an MVP candidate than betting on it to continue. And I don't bet on the Chargers very often, so it's got to be, like, a really good spot. And I think them getting less than a touchdown at home against this team that, I mean, is in the end going to win, like, four games. Like, it's a fun story or whatever, but they're not very good. So I'm on, I'm on the Chargers here. Yeah, I think that's fair.
1: I think it's fair. I mean, the Chargers is so good, especially against that defense. They can kind of do whatever they please get Eckler involved get Herbert involved like I just don't know and too many scenarios in which they stop him. and I think really the only way that Seattle has a chance in this game is by gashing that you know terrible run defense that the Chargers have so I mean it's going to be I think that's the way that you attack it um if you're Seattle but I mean I don't know the Chargers it's like who, who would you rather bet on who would you rather bet on Kenneth Walker and uh the Seahawks offense or would you rather bet on Justin Herbert just shredding that terrible defense and it's like pretty much a no-brainer right there
2: I mean I just I'm not I am like a notorious Chargers hater I I (laughs) I love to I love to point out that Justin Herbert has a losing record as a as a starting quarterback in the NFL and like obviously it's because I'm so biased towards the Chiefs but people have been doing this oh it's the Chargers division thing now for like it feels like since justin herbert was good in his second game as a professional and and there's work left to go but i do think the allen the allen thing back for them is um is pretty yeah. big uh all right so we are we are down to both of our number one i i i, I bet uh, mine's pretty gross so i bet it's not I'm, yours
1: okay because right, i was i was kind of curious i was the way the way things are trending i was wondering if we're gonna have the same one but Mine's Jaguars. Oh, yeah. That's also mine. I'm just like, dude, I can't. You're telling me. So we know that that teams get three point advantages for being at home, right? So you're telling me on a straight up neutral field that the Jaguars and the Giants are the same. Like, dude, I just want to. Dude, there's no way that you can tell me the Giants are going to be six and one in the NFL.
2: Like the the New York Giants would Daniel. if, If their record, so if they lost last week, what do you think this spread would be? Think it'd be you think it'd be? I bet it'd be Jaguars five and a half oh, if they, if, the they if they if they lost last week. I, I, I don't
1: get it, man. Like, okay, I, yes, okay, the Giants have overperformed, they've probably been better than we expected, but they're still not that good of a football team. Like, they're they have the 29th DVOA defense right now. Jacksonville is 10th in DVOA defense, and they're 11th in offense. They're like the eighth team in DBA right now. The Giants are like 18th. Like, if you look at their expected win percentage or win, uh, I think the Jaguars are you know the same as as the Giants right now. And they're getting home like uh the, the the one of the biggest strengths for the Giants has just been how good Saquon Barkley's been on offense and the Jaguars are eighth right now in explosive run rate allowed. So um yeah and I mean you gotta give props to Brian Dable because he's really done a lot of good he's, things he's he's been
2: great. We can yeah. acknowledge that he's been good while also acknowledging they've been running hot and yeah. that this style of football of just like hiding your quarterback and expecting your star running back to to do it for yeah. you every single week is like just not long term sustainable. Yeah.
1: I mean they're still a fifth the fifth in the NFL right now in first down run rate. It's like it's like how it's like it's just it's just so frustrating to see a team utilize this talent profile this offense and be winning games um it's just frustrating as as a football fan I'm like dude I just want like teams that have good players and teams that are passing the ball a ton and and utilizing their offense in efficient ways to win football games and I just I just can't bet on teams that are winning like this and it's frustrating but um yeah I I, I'm off I'm full fading the Giants I almost want to just fade the Giants and not even make the playoffs right now five one that's that's how that's how over that's how well they're playing over expectation now it's crazy.
2: Well, I think they're probably not going to make the playoffs, right? Because they have to so they're only 2 games up on Dallas or they're only 1 game up on Dallas. So they basically have to be better than Dallas for the rest of the season and they're not going to win the division because the Eagles are going to win the division. Like the the Eagles will probably beat the Giants twice. So it's that just that like i don't think they will i think i would they, i would bet against them to make the playoffs the, big, the biggest issue right
1: now is when you look at the rest of the nfc right packers 3 and 3 they've been terrible rams 3 and 3 like are you betting on one of those teams to make the wild card probably and then it's like okay so you have to get the rams and the packers in the playoffs and then the cowboys in the playoffs cuz i don't think Unless you think like the Falcons make the playoffs, I mean, maybe at this point, <laughs> who knows?
2: <laughs> I guess the N. I guess it's just the the NFC is horrible, really. At the end of the days, is what it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the the Jaguars feel it's yeah. it's also one of those things where it's like the the books keep getting money on the yeah. Giants and and they are not moving the line, which yeah. doesn't happen very often and isn't generally a leading indicator of anything because the books generally just keep the line at what they think is the right yeah. line they don't it's you know this whole like encouraging 50 50 action thing is not true so if if they think the right line is the giants are better yeah. or that the jaguars are better like i'm gonna go ahead and run with that 100%. i think Um, i
1: saw saw a tweet this morning i think mgm's biggest liabilities this week are on the giants and jets winning so that's that's a good sign if you're taking jaguars uh they're they're holding firm yeah
2: all right, man, uh, there we go. We, we picked some games. Tell the people how to subscribe to Stealing Lines, what they get, and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, so uh, if you want to subscribe to Stealing Lines, uh, go to our substack.stealinglines.com. You can go subscribe. We have uh, football picks uh, throughout the rest of the season. Uh, ben does a lot of spreads and totals. I focus a lot on, like, player props, um right now so you can do that we have a cool announcement coming out later today that may or may not involve another sport coming out on stealing lines so uh this is a nice little teaser that nobody else has heard yet davis so uh uh, i heard it here first but um yeah so you can go follow us there i'm doing a lot of work right now doing some articles up on mojo a lot of historical more like dynasty related stuff but that correlates to mojo and and all their stock um and share prices so um yeah that's where you can find me Mm -hmm.
2: All right, there we go. Everyone, you can follow uh, at Dalton underscore Kates on Twitter. Uh, you can subscribe to the Stealing Line Substack. And uh, I'll be back with Rich next week, everybody.
0: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash ActiveCash.
1: Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on.